There was infringement of IP everywhere. Whatever she does, whatever she says, whatever she thinks, whatever she wears, you know, it's royalty. Today I'm talking with Jimena. She is an intellectual property independent counsel who is also a big Taylor Swift fan. She went to one of her concerts recently in Argentina. In this conversation, we talk about how Taylor Swift uses intellectual property and trademark to build her brand and connect with her audience on a deeper level. I know that you are a Taylor Swift fan because we've spoken about this before and you went to her concert in Argentina. How was that? Well, that was amazing because, you know, in in South America, we don't get these kind of concerts so often. We, we just don't. And for Bolivia, it's unbelievable to think that she is going to come to Argentina. You know, it's, no. She said that she was going to come to South America, I think in July or something. But before that, you know, some Swifties online uh, found, found out that she was filing for trademarks in Argentina and she was filing for ERA's tour. So that's why Swifties knew before she announced it, we knew that she was coming. So that was very, very sad. Now, when she said it and when the tickets were released, that was another kind of madness, you know, because it's not so easy to go from state to state, you know, like in, in the U.S. Here you're going to one country, to another country, to another country. And yeah. at the at the airplane, I met many Swifties from Ecuador and Chile. And, you know, they weren't going from Ecuador to Buenos Aires, you know, to Argentina. They were going Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Bolivia, Argentina, you know, or Peru, Bolivia, Argentina. We're in the middle, so that's how they did it. And it was it was crazy, you know. And the funny thing, well, not funny, but, you know, the thing was that um, when we were there, Imagine thousands of people going to a concert, traveling just to go to a concert. Swifties are, you know, are young people. So it, it wasn't just about them, you know, their parents. If, even if they just waited at the door, they were there for them. So there was lots and lots of people for the concert. And they were in the middle of the last debate for the presidential election. And the city was packed you know they had everything they had a huge concert with a huge celebrity they had their own thing with the presidential elections and even though that Buenos Aires is like you know Buenos Aires they are ready for everything it was noticeable because wherever you you go it's like oh did you come for the concert you know when they listen to your accent yeah did you come for the concert did you come for the concert so yeah that was very 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 interesting and regarding IP on the concert. Of course, you wrote what I, the other day, what I post, but uh, actually I, I wasn't able to to show, you know, outside the, the stadium. Uh, there was infringement of IP everywhere. Everywhere. Really? Yes, yes, because you have to think, Holly, that, uh, you know, our economies are very different and the merch from Taylor is quite expensive for Latin America, right? I and, think it's expensive um, in general. <laughs> yeah, right? So, well, there's always people who can buy it, who can afford it. But yeah. in this case, you know, it's like, no, 
there was lots of merch outside that weren't, of course, original, but like nobody cares. And I think that uh, Taylor's IP team is like, they just know, you know, they are, they know that it's not worth it to go and, you know, for infringement of, for those kind of things in these kind of countries. So that was one thing just outside Sagan. And the other thing was when I was checking, you know, the outfits, because that is an important thing in a Taylor Swift concert, right? It's not just yes. a concert that you're going with your t-shirt and your jeans and your sneakers. No. So, you know, in the States, they, they have like tons of affordable clothing, Forever 21, or I don't know, like in Europe, you have Primark or, you know, yeah. these kind of brands. But in Latin America, we, we don't. So there were lots of people just crafting their skirts, their dresses, maybe wow. doing it with paper. Yeah, it, it was so, so sweet. I don't, I don't think that it was noticeable how important was for Swifties um, her arrival and how they did their best, you know, with what they had. That's just amazing to hear about how everybody kind of came together and were celebrating this thing together and that one individual person is able to create this impact on a South American country. Like, you know, it's just amazing. Yes, and the thing that something wasn't noticeable either is that lots of people uh, travel a lot just to go to the concert, right? There were people... at. At my plane, there were like 50s just on my flight. And wow. they were from Ecuador and Peru and Chile. There was just one flight. I, I, and I saw many, many flights. I think she doesn't know all the movement behind all the when, of the crowds that she sees, you know. Because, of course, you are in Argentina, so may, you might think that only Argentinians are uh, your public, but no. We were from everywhere. I'd like to hear more about Taylor Swift and IP and how what role IP plays in having a personal brand like Taylor Swift does. How does that work? I think she must have the, the best IP team, you know, their expertise. It's amazing. Whatever she does. Whatever she says, whatever she thinks, whatever she wears, you know, it's royalty. Whatever. Yeah. You know, she even protected the, the name of her cats, of her three cats. They're not just cats. You know, they are Olivia and, and Meredith. And, you know, fans love her cats. Yes. <laughs> so whatever she loves, she just protected with, with IP, of course. And you know wow. about the, the big deal of her re-recording because yeah. the thing was, I think the flaw in, in the main plan of the, the record label was that when they hired her, she wasn't Taylor Swift, you know, our Taylor Swift. Right. She was very young. She was starting, you know, and maybe at the main contract, uh, they didn't notice that she was going to be able to re-record in a very short period of time. That's why, like, record labels, they, you know, they said the Taylor effect, they are changing their clauses uh, for artists not, you know, not being able to do it so easily because she did it and it was a phenomenon, right? And she she's so smart. Most of the time you don't know what your artist, your favorite artist is doing, you know, his, his contracts 
or about uh, their intellectual property team or their plan. You know, you, you don't know anything about that or if they change from record label to record label or what's the deal. They You don't know. You just care about your artist. artist. Yeah. But in this case, uh, Taylor, like, she was very open about what happened. She said, like, I'm really, I'm really mad. And this is a big deal. Asked it to to own my own masters, you know, and they just don't want to sell it to me. And for Swifties, that was like, okay, this is the end of this guy. Who is it? We we don't like him. And she was so successful at, at doing that. That was a very great effect because when she, she released the albums, the Taylor's versions, you know, her fans knew. They knew that it was a big deal for her and they're not going on Spotify and listening to just, you know, the songs anymore. They are looking for Taylor's version because they know that that's important for Taylor and what they did to her. And it's a huge soap opera and it was perfect because everybody's doing it. I'm doing it. You have to do it. Everybody has to do it because we want Taylor to just be happy, right? To keep recording, to be the owner of her masters. That's a yeah. huge IP thing that it was fantastic to to read about and, you know, to find the news every day. She's a genius. She is a genius. <laughs> and I guess as an IP lawyer, you look at that and just think wow she's a hero you know in that type of way because she has used intellectual property law to her advantage she's been transparent with her audience and she's used it for her own personal gain but also to make that connection with her fans as well do you think that she's used intellectual property in such a way that's built better connections and built her brand even more yes i, I was reading that she has more she has more than three uh, trademarks, you know, registered or filed. But that's a lot for just one person. And she is so smart to use intellectual property to make everything bigger. And about the copyright, because the, the part of the trademarks, it's one part, but the copyright, it's another. And getting the fans involved in that, that was just you know, she has a song, Mastermind. I think she wrote that song just for herself because it's amazing. And I was telling you at the beginning, whatever she does, it has royalties. Whatever she says, whatever she wears, you know, everything has royalties. So that's how, I think that's how you have to do it, you know, because you have to cover every field, every possibility, every product, every service, everything. And she just did it and she's very successful at it. Mm. So how does she go about doing that? Like, let's say she's got an outfit or she says something like you say, or with the cats, how do you go about protecting that? What's the process like in, in a very quick summary? In a very quick summary, it's like, for example, phrases, you know, those phrases are protected on her copyright. Whenever she registers the song, it's already protected, but she goes further because she just she doesn't just protect it with copyright because she protects them uh, trademarks. You know, that's different. So copyright and trademarks, very different things. And she just covers both. So 
That's how she does it. And about the outfit and everything, like, well, of course, she's not a designer, right? But when she wears Christian, Christian Dior or the shoes or the, the makeup, you know, it's like she has great collaborations and that's profitable. So every step that she takes, it's like she's, it's already thought and she knows that it's going to get some money. And just for people who don't know, what is the difference between copyright and trademark? There are like two branches for IP. One is copyright and the other one is industrial property. For industrial property, you have trademarks and patents and that part. But for copyright, it's about the artistic part, you know, like writing books or or audiobooks or songs. That's the difference for both. And she has a great team because she covers everything and everything is protected, you know, hair industrial property, hair copyright. It seems like, like you say, she has a really good team behind her who knows exactly what's happening because I've never seen anything like this from a, an artist. This level of trademark and copyright and intellectual property in general, I've just never seen anything like it. Well, it's because she involves her audience in these things. You know, it's like I, I've never heard about Iris Smith talking about her contracts or their contracts. Never. Uh, you know, you just don't know what's happening behind the scenes, you know, with artists. But she does. You know, she does. She involves everyone. And I think that that's why she is having these uh, great uh, results, because she involves her audience and her audience is so loyal. I think one once I saw one of these award ceremonies that the host was saying, can you tell the Swifties to just stop buying eggs because the price is like very high? You know, it's, that's, that's the power that she has. I don't know any kind of artist, at least in my country, that says, guys, let's do this, you know? And it's like, we would follow. No, there is no. But... You know, Taylor is huge. She says something is like, okay. Sometimes you don't ask why, but it's just, I'll do it. Wow. I guess that's the power of building a personal brand, but building it from the beginning and helping people understand your journey. And I think it's amazing that she involved people in, in her contracts, in her legal situations, because it makes people more aware of these things, doesn't it? And from an IP lawyer's perspective, are you quite happy that people are able to learn more about IP law and be more aware of it through Taylor Swift? Definitely, because, you know, after this, so many courses are also starting to be taught at universities. And that is so important because sometimes when you talk about intellectual property, it's something that is in the air, you know? Oh, yeah, it's there. Uh, it's protected. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's nice. Oh, Music is nice, songs are nice. Okay, is that intellectual property? But when you see that intellectual property is something so huge and so important for brands, for for your own personal brand, it's like, okay, yeah. So I have to start uh, registering my trademarks, my songs. You know, it's like you just, you see that it's very important. And I think with... Taylor is a great example for that. You've seen it and it's like, okay, yes, what she's doing to our record label 
it's unbelievable, you know. And, and now, as, as I was saying before, record labels are reviewing their their clauses so to not get these. You know, can you imagine so much money invested, and then the artist says, "Okay, I will just re-record it." Bye. And now my fans are going to buy my music, not yours. It, it's unbelievable. So powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible, actually, when you when you put it like that, and it when it comes from that perspective, it's like wow, that impact. We've never seen anything like it. You know, the influence that she has. Yes, she's like the biggest influencer ever. She has great fans. That's also very important, you know? She has great fans. I, I read that she likes Harry Potter a lot. I love Harry Potter. I think you, you have to, <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You have yeah, to. So, you know, the, you know that J.K. Rowling was always uh, leaving Easter eggs for her fans, you know? I remember at, the, at her website, you would move with your mouse, the, the mug or anything, and you can find a clue about something that, that, that was going to happen on the books. She does the same, you know? She does the same. She puts Easter eggs everywhere. So fans just get crazy they love to play along and yeah I think from all the tricks in, that she's seen from all over she just grabbed the best practices and she does it and she does it in a fantastic unique way thank you so much for listening to this episode of more than a lawyer don't forget to follow us and give us five stars if you enjoyed it